You're listening to Teach Me the Bible podcast, where we unpack the meaning of books, passages, and themes from Scripture. Join us each week as our guests walk us through the truth of God's Word and teach us the Bible. This is Teach Me the Bible podcast. Hello, everyone. My name's Tim Webb, and I'm here with David Klingler again, just uh, getting ready to dive back into Matthew uh, chapter 9. And David, last time uh, we we talked about Jesus uh, delivering from uh, demon possession, and now we're moving in uh, deeper into chapter 9, and uh, he's getting ready to run into Matthew. So help us jump back into the story today. Absolutely. So uh, as we were uh, discussing um this sounds, uh, this is profound. I always tell my seminary students, you got to write this down because this is really profound. Right? <laughs> Jesus was the Messiah of Israel. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> oh, thank you for that. I appreciate thank you. that. No. <laughs> but, but we tend to think um, that, uh, you know, when we think Jesus, I mean, we're coming to this thing as Gentiles. We don't know right. anything. And, yeah. and so we just think, well, Jesus is uh, the Christ. And mm-hmm. and so whatever that means, right? Right. Um, don't. Uh, we don't know what Christ means. It means Messiah, anointed one. He's the anointed mm-hmm. king of Israel. And so mm-hmm. Israel was looking for this one who would come and fix all of their, uh, you know, their sin, their rebellion, and, uh, and restore the kingdom and all that. Uh, and so he's the king of Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he came to his own, John's going to say it this way, and his own did not receive him. Mm-hmm. Well, how would Israel know when their Messiah appeared? Well, two things. First... Um, his words. His words would match the words of the Lord, mm-hmm. the greater prophet, right? And we saw this back mm-hmm. in chapter 5 through 7. Line up the with great, Moses. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I will put, uh, uh, I will, the Lord will raise up one like me from mm-hmm. among your countrymen, mm-hmm. uh, and you will be sure to listen to all that he puts in his mouth. Uh, and so this is the greater Moses, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing is that this Christ will do all the things that were foretold in the Old Testament. Um, and in particular, the gospel writers are interacting with uh, the book of Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been called the fifth gospel. So, in the book of Isaiah, uh, he's going. To, the Christ is going to uh, cause the blind to see, cause the deaf to hear, the lame to walk, the poor to have a God. You know, all mm-hmm. of these things mm-hmm. that that are um, in Isaiah. Jesus is coming on the scene, and he's mm-hmm. doing. And that's mm-hmm. where we are here. So. Uh, in chapters 8 and 9, the miracles that were foretold in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. uh, you're watching Jesus do. And uh, this section is also kind of developing the sides, right? In the Old right. Testament, you had this believing remnant. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the anticipation of this uh, stiff-necked, hard-hearted, rebellious Israel that won't repent. Uh, and so they've given, been given opportunity after opportunity to repent. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 29 uh, mm-hmm. They're kicked out of the land of Israel for 70 years uh, so that they would repent. At the end of the 70 years, Daniel prays. This is in Daniel uh, chapter 9. Um, and uh, says, you know, Lord, uh, you know, we recognize that we have sinned. He's professing his sin and the sin of his people. The problem is Israel hasn't repented. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the book of Leviticus, if I judge you and you don't repent, then I will pour out my judgment upon you sevenfold. And so mm-hmm. the sevenfold judgment. And and at the end of this sevenfold judgment, um, uh, even during this time, the prophets are saying, repent, repent, repent. They're, they're not repenting. John the Baptist comes on the scene, mm-hmm. repent, Jesus, repent. Uh, and so now the Christ has appeared, the kingdom is at hand, uh, and Jesus is calling his disciples um, 
but uh, we're going to see Israel continue to rebel. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of the section that we're heading into, mm-hmm. chapters 10 uh, through 12, right? Okay. Which is a transition section, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, pick it up in chapter 9, verse 9, and Jesus passed on from there, and he saw a man called Matthew. Uh, this is the guy writing the book. <laughs> oh, we finally meet him. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me tell you how I got in here, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, sitting at the tax office, and he said, follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came about that when he was reclining at the table in the house, many, uh, behold, many tax gatherers and sinners were coming uh, and were dining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax gatherers and sinners? But those, uh, but when he heard this, he said, "It is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire compassion and not a sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners." And often we say, "Well, what what is that all about? You know, mm-hmm. didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners." Um, no, he, well, he came to call sinners. Right. Uh, the problem that we're going to see with the Pharisees, and the problem that we saw back. In, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, mm-hmm. right? Unless your righteousness far exceeds the Pharisees and the scribes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you ask the Pharisees and the scribes, are you righteous? They say, absolutely, mm-hmm. right? right. They, they view themselves as righteous. Therefore, they are not in need uh, of a uh, Savior to save them from their sins. They don't see that they have sins. They, they view themselves mm-hmm. as righteous. Whereas the tax gatherers and sinners are recognizing they're sinners, Mm-hmm. That's the correct response, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem in this book is that the antagonists, the Pharisees, the scribes, the hypocrites who view themselves as righteous don't recognize they're, in fact, not righteous and sinners, and they need to ask for the righteousness of God, which would be imputed to them through mm-hmm. faith. And they're not going to do it, yeah. right? So that's the, that's the problem. So when, when you read stuff like this, um, you know, you take that uh, chapter 9, verse 13, I did not come to call the righteous but sinners. Um, well, he came to call everyone, right? But There's, everyone needs to recognize their sinners, right? And some uh, don't, yeah. Right. And I think that's he's just kind of highlighting: here's your issue, yeah, and you don't see it, yeah, yeah. Th- these, this, but is you the see this all throughout. All throughout, they're just they're just blinded. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't understand how the how Matthew's writing his story, mm-hmm. then you can take this verse out of context right. and misunderstand what mm-hmm. uh, what Jesus is uh, is saying. Uh, so, verse fourteen. Then the disciples of John came to him, saying. Uh, why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Um, this is an interesting one, uh, particularly in the church, and this is one that has caused me a lot of um, um, reflection. Uh, you don't see fasting in the epistles. Mm-hmm. In the Old Testament, the fasting, the, the, the Israel would uh, would fast, they would repent, they would fast, uh, uh, mourn over their sin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as they desired for this one to come and re- remove. So, in the kingdom, there will be no fasting. You know, the, the king's mm-hmm. there, right? right? He's the right there with us, there, right? The, the, uh, right, and so they're. Uh, it's almost as if they're denying themselves uh, the food that would be the judgment for their rebellion. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Mm-hmm. Right. So, right. if you are disobedient, I will judge you, and you know there'll mm-hmm. be famine mm-hmm. in the land, and all this. Uh, they're pleading with the Lord, uh, uh, you know, save, you know, bring plenty. Uh, our desire is to eat and be satisfied, but we see this wickedness and, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, sin in the land. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus said to them, the attendants of the bridegroom cannot mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them. Can they? Uh, but the days will come 
when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. But no one puts on a sack, uh, a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and the uh, tear, uh, the worst tear results. Nor do men put new wine in old wineskins. Otherwise, uh, the wineskins burst, and the, the wine pours out, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine in fresh wineskins, and both are preserved. Hmm. Now, wait a second. What's going on with this wine and wineskins? New, new and old, yeah, right? right? Uh, and what you see in both of those is uh, old garment, new garment, old mm-hmm. wineskins, new mm-hmm. What's he talking about? Uh, he's talking about old covenant, new covenant, mm-hmm. right? So the old right. covenant, uh, the Mosaic covenant, Israel tried to keep this law. This is what the Pharisees are doing. They're trying to keep the law outwardly uh, for righteousness, mm-hmm. and, it, and it doesn't doesn't work, right? right. Uh, and so they need a new heart and a new spirit mm-hmm. uh, to um, uh, to keep the commands, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Paul's going to actually deal with this with the Galatians. Um that the Holy Spirit of promise was given to Israel, but Israel never received the Holy Spirit of promise through law-keeping, right? Right. The solution isn't law-keeping. The solution is a change of heart mm-hmm. so that you can keep the law, mm-hmm. right? Uh, keep the law. What do we mean by that? Uh, that you would represent the character of God. Yeah. Um, because they, they, couldn't they couldn't and they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Not that they couldn't. Deuteronomy 30, Moses says, this This law is not too difficult for you. Right. right. Uh, it's not that they couldn't keep it. It's that they wouldn't keep it. And the reason they wouldn't keep it is because, frankly, I don't care about my brother. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I, I'm not looking out for my brother. I don't care about his needs. I'm looking out for myself. Right. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking about this in our sermon series. Yeah. Um, you know, um, we were talking about in Sunday school, the Eastern Church and the Western Church. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, the failure in the Eastern Church which was more of a, uh, it was a corporate mindset. It was the mindset of the early church. Uh, we were in uh, Acts chapter uh, chapter 5, 4 and 5 this morning, uh, where uh, they were selling all that they had uh, and laying at the apostles' feet to provide for anyone who was in need. See, mm-hmm. uh, they were looking out for caring for one another, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. we read that and we think, well, socialism. Well, no, this is how the church, this is how Old Testament Israel was to operate. If you mm-hmm. see your brother in need, you meet the need. You meet the need. Right. 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 Uh, you don't have to pray for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't, you know, may, may not even have to write a check. You just go, you see the need, you go mm-hmm. with the need. Well, as that Eastern church becomes more and more uh, secular, mm-hmm. right? Uh, then religion goes out of it and uh, the, the human heart, uh, the greed of comes the human the heart comes front. in and he says, mm-hmm. You know, the 99 say to the 1%, I want your stuff. Yeah. Right? Right. Um, now, uh, in the Western church, uh, you get the rise of individualism, no authority above the individual, one man, one vote, and all mm-hmm. of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in the West, as the West becomes more secular, mm-hmm. uh, the 1% says to the 99, I want your stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Neither side is concerned with the care for love protection of the yeah. brother. Right? Uh, and so... So you're going to see this uh, this problem run throughout the, throughout the story, uh, and the Pharisees think that they they have stuff because mm-hmm. they serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, where no, you serve the Lord through providing for your your brother, uh, recognizing that you're a sinner, and so everything that they're doing here is backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason that they won't keep the law is because a hard heart. Yeah, they don't care for their brother. So. Yeah. Uh, so the ministry of the Spirit comes in uh, to change the heart so that you will 
uh, love for, care for mm-hmm. uh, your brother. But so can I got a question? Can we back up fifteen? Yeah. Because uh, I think I heard you say talking about in the old covenant they were waiting for the Messiah, Absolutely. the fasting. Uh, almost a denial of of the stuff because in, when the king comes, yeah. everyone will be without eat, want. Eat, you won't yeah. you won't lack for anything everyone because will the king. Eat and be right. satisfied and all that. But then he says to them, um, "But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast." Yeah. Is he referring to once he ascends into heaven yes. and the disciples? So while we're in this age of endurance, yep. is what he's saying? Is he saying to the church? Just like in the first, you were waiting for my coming. Now the church is waiting for his return. Yep. Therefore, we fast. Yeah, yeah. But this and is all part of preparation. For, yeah. Uh, this goes back to chapter six. Remember mm-hmm. back in chapter mm-hmm. six, right? Right. Um, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. His kingdom uh-huh. and his righteousness, right. and all these things mm-hmm. will be added unto you. And right. so, so our desires for the king to come. Yeah. Right? Uh, and I hear you know, sometimes this fasting thing gets into like I don't know. Um, some kind of self-help methodology. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. I've like heard that. that. No, but that's not what we're yeah, talking I, about here. It's the desire for the king to come. Right. I, I think that just early on, and I, and I want to be careful not to, you know, um, do wrong by the text. But I know early on in my faith and, and seeking direction and just contemplating what God would have me to do to be faithful to Him, I just found that fasting was a way to work through. Just not focusing on the here and now and the the selfish desires and those things, and it kind of moved you into a more of a, a meditation on the word of what elevating what is important. Hopefully, a meditation on the word. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, well, well, at least it did for me. I, I, sure. That was what drove me yeah. to that time. Yeah. So, so, uh, so the uh, the desire mm-hmm. uh, of these uh, of these apostles, prophets, mm-hmm. men, people of God. Was for the kingdom to come. Yes, right. Yes. Uh, and so their desire, those who hunger and thirst mm-hmm. for righteousness, they will be satisfied. Right. Uh, they're hungering and thirsting for righteousness to appear, mm-hmm. uh, not for food. So right. their focus is right. When the king comes, the food don't, will come. The don't worry about all that. Right. Right. Now, sure. Um, when people uh, are doing fasting and they don't know why they're doing it. No. Right? Or they don't know the word of the Lord or whatever. Right. Uh, you know, uh, so there's nothing. Um, um, I don't want to over spiritual. I don't want to over spiritualize it. Right. right. I'm not over spiritualizing it. Was a response to the recognition mm-hmm. that um, even for someone who has, we're looking for the time when the king comes yes. and everyone yes. eats and is satisfied. Yes. And now the king has come. He's mm-hmm. here. Right. Mm-hmm. So we don't fast while he's here. Right. Uh, now, when he's gone, what is our desire? What is what does he pray? So, what does he tell his disciples to pray for? Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, he prays for them to, um, uh, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in mm-hmm. heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, your desire is for the king to come, and all of this suffering and sickness mm-hmm. and sorrow. And, but Israel's got to repent, right? right? right. Uh, and so here are the Pharisees who are saying, we don't need to repent. Right. Uh, yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah, you're in bad trouble. <laughs> you, you need yeah. because it makes you a hypocrite, right? Right. Uh, right. You hypocrites who claim that you're righteous and you're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, better to recognize your sin, your depravity, your need. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, in a different gospel. This is in uh, Luke chapter uh, 18, parable in Luke chapter 18. But it really uh, captures well what we're saying here. Um this is a parable uh, that Jesus uh, said he told this parable to certain ones who trusted in themselves that they were righteous mm-hmm. 
and viewed others with contempt. Mm-hmm. This is in chapter 18, mm-hmm. verse 9. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax gatherer. And the Pharisee stood and was praying thus to himself, I thank you, God, that I am not like these other people, swindlers, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax gatherer. I fast twice a week. See, mm-hmm. he's fasting. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's no magic in fasting. Right. He's doing it. Right. right. Um, I pay tithes with mm-hmm. all that I get. Right. And we mm-hmm. tend to think, well, if you do this, then you're, uh, then you're righteous, then you're, Better, you're godly, then you're spiritual. doing what's good in the eyes of the Lord. Well, the Pharisees doing mm-hmm. uh, the stuff, <laughs> fasting and yeah. tithes, but the tax gatherer mm-hmm. was standing some distance away. Uh, and was unwilling to even lift up his eyes to heaven. And he was beating his breast, saying, God, be merciful upon me, a sinner. Mm-hmm. I tell you, this man went down to the house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and everyone who humbles himself will be exalted. And that's mm-hmm. uh, that's a Luke tagline. Mm-hmm. It shows up uh, here. It, has been, it shows up in uh, chapter 1. A verse of 52 in Mary's Magnificent. Mm-hmm. And then again in 1411, that introduces kind of this section. The point is that um, it's not the doing the stuff. Right. It is this heart mm-hmm. that desires for the Lord to come. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and so uh, don't pray like they pray. Don't fast mm-hmm. like they fast. Don't give alms like they get because they're hypocrites. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we need to be careful also not to become hypocrites as well in how we approach these right. exact same things. Right. right. In fact, right. we would be doing the opposite of what Matthew is telling uh, people to mm-hmm. do. Your desire is you hunger and thirst for righteousness. Mm-hmm. Seek ye first his kingdom, his righteousness, all these things will come uh, come on to, to you. Mm-hmm. Um so anyway, uh, so so it's only going to come through new covenant. New covenant of, for Israel is only going to come after they repent, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so in chapter uh, ten, we're not quite there yet, but in chapter ten, Jesus is going to send out his disciples and say, "Okay, um, the king is here. What do you say? Repent." Right. Uh, and uh, you're going to see in chapter eleven, chapter twelve, they say, "We're not repenting." Right? Uh, you're from Satan, mm-hmm. and so that's a problem, right? And so the yeah. story is going to continue to progress. Right. As uh, as we go, uh, and so uh, chapter uh, back to chapter nine, verse eighteen. And while he was saying these things to them, behold, a certain uh, official came and bowed down before him, saying, "My daughter, daughter has just died. Uh, come and lay your hand on her, and she will live." And Jesus rose and began to follow him and his disciples. And behold, the woman who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for twelve years came up from behind and touched the fringe uh, fringe of his cloak. Uh, and she was saying to herself, uh, if I only I touch his garment, I will be well. And Jesus turned around and seeing uh, her, said, daughter, take courage. Your faith has made you well, has saved you. Literally mm-hmm. is, uh, is the word. It is your faith has saved you. And at once the woman was made well. Uh, and when Jesus came into the official's house and saw the flute players and the crowd and the noisy disorder, he said, depart, for the girl has not died, but she's asleep. Now, mm-hmm. this is, um, you know, language that comes out of, uh, really, it begins all the way back in uh, uh, in Genesis chapter 3, the judgment that, you, you know, that Adam's going to go, mm-hmm. dust you are, dust you will return. return. Um, this is kind of how this story progresses, and Daniel's going to point this out in Daniel 12, too, those who sleep in the dust mm-hmm. of the ground. Mm-hmm. So, uh, sleep, she's not 
dead. She's she's asleep, Daniel 12, 2. Um, and they began laughing. And when the crowd, uh, uh, and when he uh, had put the crowd out, he entered and took her by the hand, and the girl arose, and this news went out into all the land. So um, what's the point here? Jesus is the one who is able to cause those who sleep in the dust of the ground to be uh, to be raised. Mm-hmm. He's he's the one who gives life. He's the one who heals through faith, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the hemorrhaging, uh, hemorrhaging, the 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 blindness, the lameness, the deafness, all of these judgments that had come upon Israel because of their sin, he can. He's heal able to remove them through yeah. their faith. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll see this in other gospels. Uh, it'll say things like Jesus wasn't able to uh, to do any miracles there. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it wasn't that he was capable of, but but in the gospels uh, and in the Old Testament, what happens is healing. Mm-hmm. The physical healing and spiritual healing go together. If there is no repentance, there is no physical healing. Physical healing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story of they they drop the man through the roof. Right. Uh, uh, you know, um, take up your pallet and walk. It's not what he says. He says your sins are forgiven. See, because yeah, forgiveness of first. sins mm-hmm. and the physical healing mm-hmm. go hand in hand for Israel. The one who's going to come and heal them physically. Is the one who will heal them spiritually, but spiritual repentance, recognition of their sin, has to come first, and then, the, mm-hmm. then the response. And so, right. uh, the Gospel of John, John says, uh, presents Jesus as doing these signs. Signs are not fulfillments of the Old Testament uh, miracles or pro- uh, prophecies; they are an indication that He is the one who is able to. So He didn't come and heal every blind person, cause every lame to walk. Mm-hmm. He comes and through this one believes, has faith, they are healed. Demonstrating that he's the one who's able to heal all uh, blindness, lameness, through faith. Yeah. Through faith. Through their faith. It's like the neon arrow blinking and flashing. Absolutely. (laughs) Right here. Right here. (laughs) Believe and be saved. Be delivered. And they knew that. From your enemies, uh, Mm -hmm. from sin, Mm -hmm. sickness, death, sorrow, suffering, Mm -hmm. lameness, Mm -hmm. blindness, you know, all Mm -hmm. of it. And they would have known what to do, the correct response, Deuteronomy. Absolutely. Curses Absolutely. and blessings. So this isn't this isn't something foreign to them. No, it, it's foreign to us. Yes, because we yes. don't know the Old Testament. Well, yeah, right. but it's not foreign it's not to foreign them. To them yeah. Right. Right. Uh, that's why often um, Jesus will say something. The Pharisees will say, "You get mad and try to kill him." You go, "Wait a second! What did he do so that was so wrong?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's he's speaking Old Testament yep. to them, yeah. right? And, uh, the, and so uh, this next little section, <laughs> uh, he heals uh, the blind man. Mm-hmm. Blind, uh, he heals blind, uh, yeah. the 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 dumb man who cannot speak, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and now uh, at the end of this chapter, we'll pick this up next time. Uh, we'll pick it up in chapter nine, verse thirty-five. Uh, Jesus is now this this proclamation that Jesus is is proclaiming. This, I'm the one who's able to heal, to save, to restore. Is going to go out. Not only Jesus is going to be doing it. But he's going to send out his uh, disciples, uh, his apostles, and they are going to take this message out mm-hmm. to Israel to see mm-hmm. what's the response. Yeah, I just real quick, I just this kind of just stood out to me as you said, you know, verse thirty-five, uh, teaching in their synagogues. Mm-hmm. He's going straight to the word, straight to the main place yep. where the people gather, cities, teaches, and villages, towns, all of this. So it's not. I'm just. I guess I'm overwhelmed uh, at at the at, at how gracious and merciful God was in establishing a way for His people to clearly see and understand. Yet they're blind. Yep. Yep. 
which as a Gentile is a huge warning for me because I don't know the word like they were supposed to have known. So anyway, I just I just want to touch on that. Just the, the mercy of God. Absolutely. The mercy of God that he would provide a way. Absolutely. So, well, David, thank you for chapter nine. And I want to encourage our listeners to jump back in on chapter 10. As you said, there's going to be a transition of building and the tension. It's going to keep building and building and building. And so uh, as we move towards the cross. Absolutely. So thank you. Thanks for listening to Teach Me the Bible podcast. For more information, download our app. If you have any questions or desire to continue our discussion from today's topic, send an email to teachmethebible at championfellowship.org. Remember, your belief drives your behavior. See you next time.